relative. Texas. Danger. Boo. Oh. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called Ghosts Can't Talk. So we know that whoever is saying that sentence is not a killer because they're using a contraction and killers don't use contractions. This episode aired on January 12th, 2024. I wrote 23. That's going to happen. And this was season 32, episode 23, hosted by our gorgeous queen, Andrea, who is mothering throughout this episode. I've never mothered anyone. I've never called someone mother. And I just did it. Because new year, new me. And you're going to call Andrea mother? That's your choice? Well, would you prefer I call Taylor Swift mother? Because that's what I do in my head. That's a no. No. So this is the story of Corey Shaughnessy and her husband, Ted. It takes place in Austin, Texas. I'm not going to do any accents. That was Why not? It. I don't just didn't really hear any to do. Oh, odd. So this is for all those people who complain that they don't like my accents. How many nope. people complain? They better not because I will fight them. What's happening? It's fine if they do. They're terrible accents. no. Your Marissa Tomei accent is your best <laughs> accent, and you did it it's last really time. Not. So it's what really is the not. issue? It's not good. I know it's not good. It's I think in my it's head, good. it's so good. Uh, I'm not being not. just like the friend that's like, your Cartman is bad. I you know. have some that are bad. I know. That one's good, and your designing women is adequate. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like I don't understand. I think people are complaining out of jealousy. Sure. Yeah, let's go for that. Okay. So this takes place in Texas, 2018. Corey and her husband, Ted, are asleep, and they're woken up at 4.30 a.m. by dogs barking. He gets up, gets his gun, because Texas. Oh, yeah. And she stays in bed while he gets up with his gun, because Texas. And then she hears the first shot. And she's telling Andrea this. She says, I heard the first shot. And Andrea says, a gunshot? And Corey says, a gunshot. I think we can count that as that three-peat thing that I like that Dennis does a lot. Yes. Where they say something and he repeats it back and then the person repeats it back, you know? Yeah. We'll do it right now. It was stunning. Stunning? Stunning. There we go. So then Corey hears a lot of gunfire in the kitchen. So she grabs her gun because Texas and I was for a second like her gun. How many guns? Texas. And then she sees something that I don't want to talk about or hear. I wish I've just plug your ears, everybody. Andrea I also did I not want to hear this because Andrea's reaction was a mix of horror and devastation. Yeah. Basically, one of the family dogs gets shot and dies instantly. And Andrea and I both gasped so loud and I quit the podcast and I can't do it, everybody. And bye. It's been a good run. Sorry. There was nothing okay about that. And she had to watch it. The lawyer who kissed a dead dog on the side of the road on a dare when he was 17 is the only dead dog I ever want to hear about on Dateline. Dateline? And we didn't even really want to hear about that. 
I kind of did. Now, once I heard about it, I'm glad it's, I didn't want to hear about it at the time, but I'm glad it's in our lives, if that makes sense. No, I understand. It's also, the dog was already dead. You don't know how the dog died. Right. Maybe just of old age. This was a a straight up dog murder. Capital dog murder. Yeah. So Corey realizes that she's next and she's only seeing this very bright light being shined at her. And the way she and Andrea talk about what this light could be, I thought it was aliens. I was going to say, did you think this was E.T.? They're describing it it like E.T. Right? A mysterious Mm -hmm. UFO light abduction. Except that they have guns and a dog dies. Yeah. So it's horrible. So Corey realizes she's next because this is horrifying. This is a horrifying home invasion that is happening. And she fires her gun and the intruder is shooting at her. It's horrifying. The shootout is really scary. You, your husband is out there, right? Yeah. And you're blind shooting into bright light is from yeah. is what I'm gathering. I would think I was shooting a monster, first of all, because of the bright light. But also, yeah, where's your husband, the dog, the whole situation is probably, this would be the scariest moment of anyone's life. There's just, there's something that she does in a moment that I don't know why she doesn't do it now. Mm. Does that, does it make sense? I think what the action she's about to take when she runs out of bullets. She runs out of bullets. She runs to her closet and calls 911. That's the one. Yeah, I think she's her instinct of having a gun, and I think she's well-trained, which everyone who owns a gun should be mm-hmm. or don't own one, should she is to fire back maybe, or she's being fired upon so she can't just run to the closet. I don't know. Or she's trying to take, she's trying to help her husband too. But you don't know if you're shooting your husband. No, that's absolutely true. You don't know if uh, you're using him as a shield. You don't yeah. know what's happened. I just, I don't know. They say later that this is a very important thing that she does right now. But in the moment, I feel like the thoughts, you must have a million thoughts. Mm -hmm. But her instinct was to shoot. I don't know if that would be mine. And I know it wouldn't be yours. No. Well, I'm a pacifist. I don't own a gun. I've never even been in the room with a gun. So I would pee my pants Mm -hmm. and just lay down. I would go to the corner. You would go to the closet. Cry. You would go to the closet. She wants to go to her husband. She calls 911. She's like, "Can I? my husband's out there. I hear moaning. And her, the oh. 911 operator says, no, don't go. Someone's out there. And the 911 operator was very good, I thought. 10 out of 10. No notes. Good job. She was like, okay. Okay, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Better Corey, than the first I'm going to need you to do this. She was really calm and firm. Mm-hmm. And not mean. No, she did great, unlike the first responders. So 15 minutes pass, which I felt like was lengthy. And so she's waiting. Finally, 911 says, okay, the police are there. You can go outside now. So Corey goes outside. She finds Ted, who is sadly dead on the floor. She's shattered. She runs outside, and there's no police. And I was like, holy cow poop are they at the wrong address i can't oh is that what did you immediately assume they were at the wrong address 100 percent. yeah o- okay because i immediately assumed that the cops were in on it <laughs> i've seen too many movies and so i thought that they had done that thing where they patched the phone and you're not really talking to like the 911 <gasps> operator was almost too good and actually you're talking to one of them 
the and operatives. And so Corey would are- go outside and then she'd be like, there aren't police here. And then the 911 operator would go, I know, Corey, they're not coming. Get into the car, Corey. <laughs> and then there's just like a black <gasps> that would SUV be a good pulls movie. up. That would be a good movie. Okay, it, no, unfortunately, I just assumed it's, it was it's definitely not that. But in my head, I was like, what is about to? Because also, we're starting with this the most action I've ever heard. And this is so much action for a dateline. Also, for any show, the 911 call is almost too, it is real. And so it's hard to listen to because it's not acting and it's someone just mentally melting yeah. down in a normal way. I'm glad to hear you say that because people on Twitter were very suspicious of Corey and her performance, as they said. Are you kidding me? They even compared her to legendary Dateline performer Chasey, who was the woman who was having the fake hyperventilization fit, that's not the word, in the ambulance. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. She couldn't breathe. She had oxygen. It was so fake. This was not that. I saw this completely differently. I believed every second of this. You hear the beats. You hear her find her husband. Mm -hmm. You hear her voice of like scared to full panic to realization of what has just happened And then also the placement of her husband's body. I bet you she thought the moment she saw him that she shot him. Yeah. Because he was that proximity to the closet. Yeah. And you have all that going through her head. Yeah. And you kind of hear it. I felt like I was in the Twilight Zone with people on Twitter. I thought she came off incredibly truthful. A hundred percent from the beginning. Please someone in the comments come at us and tell us that you knew right away that Corey was a decent human being. And not a murderer. Can't you also tell by the way that Andrea is talking to Corey? Right. But we have also, again, watched Andrea time and time again. So Dateline producer was tweeting things like Corey's strength through all of this was mind blowing to us. And we were all in awe of her. And I think they were doing that to be like, shut up, everybody. You all are so wrong. Corey is a hero. Yeah. The MVP of this episode. What are we doing? We always have judged people by their reactions in these horrible situations, but we're trying to be better about it. But none of us, most of us, have not been through situations like this, this tragic. No one knows how you'll react in this situation. I'm also going to say that normally if we are pretty hard on a 911 call, it's because we've seen the whole episode. Right. So we know what's going to happen. So it allows us to be a little hard on it. Yeah. Hmm. Rude. Rude. So, sorry, everybody. So, police 911 are at the house next door. This is so frustrating because they told her to go outside. So, the person could have still been in the house. She could have been killed. They would have such a lawsuit on their hands. This is horrible. Also, again, the trauma. Okay, this is like trauma with a capital T, the the whole thing. But the added extra of being told, okay, tell me when you're at the door, you're go to the safe door, now. open the door, and you're like, I'm going to be safe. My husband's getting help. Like, the yeah. cavalry has arrived, and you open the door, and there's nothing. That must have felt like, she must have thought she was dead. Yeah. Oh, I would sure. think I was, I would think I had been shot, and that this yeah. was all 
a ghost call. Like I was not real anymore. Maybe that's why it's called that. No, it's called that for something else. But but you know what I'm saying? Jealous. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I do feel for the 911 people, my building, I've talked about it many times, is very confusingly numbered. And our, my weekly Chinese food always gets delivered to the wrong house or they call me in a panic. Where are you? The lady yesterday was across the street and I had to walk her through it. But now I'm very concerned if I should ever have to call 911. They're never finding me. That's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Okay. We see Corey on police footage. Again, very obvious. She is shaking. She's hysterical. And she's telling police, that's my entire life. Ted is my entire life. And we learn their history. They've been married for 30 years. They built gallery jewelries together, jewelers together. And gallery is spelled very fancy with an I-E at the end. Yeah. Gallery. 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 Mm-hmm. Jewelers. So Ted was the face and Corey was the muscle. No, <laughs> no I thought that was coming. She was the enforcer. No, she was the appraiser because she was very matter of fact, which is important to know if you're judging her reactions in this episode. She's a, more of a matter of fact person. And he was really good with people, loved being out front. His friend Tad said that he wished he got some of the Ted dust. Okay, Tad and Ted. Tad and Ted, BFFs. Tad and Ted. Being best friends. Yeah, Tad and Ted and Karen and Corey. Karen and Corey. Because Karen is her best friend that we meet with the blue glasses. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Ted and Corey loved their only child, Nick, who is 19 and who lives not in the house anymore. He lives with his girlfriend, Jackie, a couple hours away. So she calls Nick. And on police cam, so we're hearing the call, and she's hyperventilating, and he is drowsy like he just woke up because it's five something in the morning. And she says, there was a shooting, and your dad is dead. There was a shooting. And he says, did you return fire? And I was like, that's weird. Oh, Texas. I think that's a Texas question. So Why did he say, did you return fire? Why didn't he say, did he return fire? How did he know she had a gun? They both had guns. But how does Nick know that? He used to live in the house. But how does Nick know that she even pulled the gun? They all had guns. So you just think he assumed and was like... Oh, yeah. I mean, she had her gun over her bed and so did the dad. They both kept guns right by the bed. Yeah. So... No, that's true. They also had dogs, by the way. Sorry. The dog that was shot, rest in peace, was a Rottweiler. Yes. So they also had guard dogs. Well, I'll skip ahead to Twitter Sadly, that dog was deaf. I really needed you to not tell me that, Kimberly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did you tell me that? Well, it explains why he didn't maybe hear intruders, or I'm sure he fed off the energy Stop of the other dog. Talking about it. I can't do it. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. This whole thing is awful. Also, that Ted is like the sparkly face of this business, and they had been married for 30 years. This is tragic. Yeah. This is a horrible, horrible thing, and it just gets worse. Yeah. You thought it couldn't after the deaf dog, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. So Nick and his girlfriend, Jackie, they drive to be with his mom two hours away. And Corey is talking to the police. She says, I thought I was going to die. She wants to know if she shot someone, if they can tell if she shot someone, which I think is a totally reasonable 
thing to wonder. Yes. People on Twitter didn't. So two different caliber of casings in the kitchen. So they think there were two shooters. They think the person entered through Nick's old bedroom window. There's a handprint on the glass. More on that later. Hmm. The house alarm wasn't set, and they only set it when they would go out, which I, folks, I think a lot of people do that. I think that's very common, and I think the burglars know that. I think you're supposed to set it all the time, even when you're home. They yeah. have a home button, so it knows that you're there, but if a, a window gets broken or something, come on, let's be safe. If you're paying for a system, let's use it. Right, use it. So- the system says the window was open at 4.27, and it wasn't until 17 minutes later that the system registered glass breaking from a bullet. So the people were there for sev a long time. Why were they there for so long? Were they looking for something? Yes. Suspicious. Also, what's so the square footage on that house? It seems, it looks large from the outside. There's a lot of stone and there's a big circle driveway. It appeared to have wings. Mm -hmm. There could be a left wing and a right but wing. But she also says that her bedroom was right next to the kitchen, which makes me think it's not as big as I would think it is. We don't know where the kitchen is. That's true. Maybe also, it was the cook's pantry. That okay, let's say that also you were going to do this and you knew that these people were jewelers. You might look for some stuff. Yeah. But I would think most of it would be in the safe. You would assume, but maybe people aren't smart and they're looking for little baggies of diamonds. So Corey thought that if that someone was there to rob them, she thought they were probably going to ask her to open the safe for them. That's what she expect was expecting to happen at some point. So she thought it must be a burglary. Police go and interview the neighbors. Enter Kim. Kim is fascinating to me. I have many thoughts about Kim. Right away, I got the sense that she was a neighborhood busybody because she's telling the police, oh, they have jewelry, and it's not cheap jewelry, just so you know. I'm talking hundreds to millions of dollars in jewelry. And so she's telling the police all of this. I knew you were going to have feelings on Kim. I have so many thoughts. So there's cameras everywhere. They're filming everything that's happening. We are seeing son Nick and girlfriend Jackie. And there is a shot where they're walking with the cops and Nick smiles at the cop. And I thought it was strange. And I also thought he looks like a very clean cut, handsome young man, not very bowish. That was my initial thoughts. Okay. And I thought it was very weird the way he smiled at the cops. I thought maybe he was having a hard time like doing like appropriate emotions. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So and also was... I just yelled at people for talking about Corey's reaction. So maybe I shouldn't be talking about Nick's reaction. I feel like that was totally just. There's a few things that he does in these moments quickly after that would be surprising to anyone. Yeah. So he tells police that his parents' relationship is effing solid as ever he, they've been married 30 years. They have no major fights. And the cop says, do they ever hit each other? And he laughs, which I, I don't know. So police aren't sure about the burglary theory. For one reason, there were three cars parked outside. So it was obvious that there were people home. 
And the detective tells Corey, you know, especially in Texas, a lot of people own guns. So it, it's very risky to enter a home where you know people are home and they're probably loaded. This episode is extremely pro-gun, by the way. It's a really good point, though. Why would you go to the house when there are three cars there? That's the opposite of people who rob houses. You go when there's nobody's also, there and the lights are off. The, there's also a huge alarm system company sign in the driveway. So they have and an dogs. alarm system. And dogs. So it's the burglars are very brazen or drugs or uh-huh. that's not a burglary. There we go. So Nick tells the police back in the 90s, his dad ran a pawn shop and they were robbed and there was a shootout, another shootout, and the dad, Ted, injured the robber and the robber ended up going to prison. They look into this robber if he's still holding a grudge from 20 plus years ago, but 30 years ago, but he's not. It turns out to be a dead end. Nick also tells the police more about Kim, and I got very excited. The neighbor, mm-hmm. Kim. So Kim's husband, she thought was cheating on her. So she hired Nick, who is an actual teenager, to follow her husband, who is a full-grown man. So Nick trails the husband, finds out that he's staying with this lady when he was lying to Kim and saying he was at work or out of town. And so Nick puts a tracker on the husband's car so Kim could catch him in his lies. And again, she paid Nick to do this. And again, he was a teenager. So Nick doesn't know if the husband ever found out that Nick was involved. Could the husband have gone to the house looking for Nick for revenge? Or was Kim the intended target? Because there's a white Mercedes as one of the cars parked outside of Corey and Ted's house. Kim also drives a white Mercedes. And when the first responders went to the wrong house, they went to Kim's house. So could the killer have gone to Ted and Corey's house by mistake instead of going to Kim's house? So police go and talk to Kim. She says, oh, yeah, I know Nick. He's done some dog sitting for me and some babysitting, and that's it. And police say, what about, like, investigative things? And she says, oh, right. Well, it's not really investigative. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. And she's laughing. And um, so, yeah, I... I had him follow my soon-to-be ex, and um, well, it was a funny story. This is probably more information than you want, and they're like, nah. they're like, no, we want to hear all of it. And on the tape, while they're asking her these questions, you can hear the housekeeper vacuuming in the background. Kim, Kim does not to- care who hears. She does she not care. She doesn't care. The housekeeper is probably like bumping the vacuum into the walls, trying to eavesdrop. You know she's going back to all her housekeeper friends and being like, I told you my lady was crazier than all of your ladies. Yeah. I have the craziest lady in the neighborhood. Yeah. So Kim's laughing like she thinks this is so funny. And again, I'm like, you hired a teenager to follow your husband. That's really weird. That's what I'm saying. It's and you're like, so incredibly inappropriate. inappropriate. It could have been dangerous for the kid. If your husband has a temper. The th- Sorry, he followed him on his bike? 
We don't know exactly the timeline. Maybe he was driving at that point. It could have been just a year or two before he would have been 17, 18. It's still weird. Also, did you ever ask Nick's parents? No, Did you ever ask Corey, is it okay if I hire your son as a Harriet the spy and have him find out if my husband is cheating on me and maybe catch him in coitus with a lady are you okay with him seeing that is that fine if my husband maybe shoots at him because this is texas are you okay with that because he thinks he's being trailed by a mobster or something could be it could go wrong in so many different ways kim also has housekeeper right we can gauge that the street is large and it's probably why the investigating officers got confused or the police got confused when they first showed up right because the houses are can hire a real pi kim can hire a firm yeah so this is she can hire marcia marshburn the legendary marcia marshburn we need more to this story to be able to understand it what else is there a piece that we're missing because otherwise This was real weird. It's really weird. So Kim says to the police, my ex is a liar for sure, but I don't think he's capable of murder or anything like that. And he never found out that Nick was involved. So he would have had no reason to go after Nick. So he's just a douche cheater and he is not a murderer. So police are suspicious of Corey because she would benefit the most from her husband's death. She would get a million in life insurance. The house is worth a lot. The business is worth a lot. Meanwhile, Corey is terrified. She's not sleeping. She has her gun with her all the time. This sounds like a recipe for disaster. This is how people get hurt. So Nick and Corey move in with Sorry, Nick and Jackie, his girlfriend, move in with Corey to support her during this time. Nick had been their miracle child because Corey couldn't stay pregnant. So they adopted Nick from Ukraine at 16 months. And I thought, oh, my God, please don't let Nick be involved because between him and Natalia Grace, it's been a rough year for Ukrainian orphans. Oh, no. Even though Natalia Grace, I think, didn't do anything bad. Also, I think we can just say Ukraine. Just Ukraine. The year's been horrible. Ukrainian orphans Ukraine has been through enough. Ukraine. Absolutely. Ukraine has been through enough. So they adopted Nick. They loved him. They were very close, the three of them, Ted, Corey, and Nick. Police are trying to figure out why the intruders were there for so long, why it didn't appear like they had rifled through anything or stolen anything. There is Mm. a drawer that has a box that once contained a gun that is now missing that matches one of the calibers of shells that they found. So maybe the intruder took a gun from inside the house. It's very weird. It doesn't happen a lot when a robber brings does not bring their own weapon and just thinks they'll find one inside the house. I think it hardly ever happens. It almost never happens. Right. Also, I think the intruder that went into that drawer was clearly looking for Bombas. Oh, yeah. I'm considering getting renter's insurance just to protect my Bombas. I don't want my neighbors to know how much Bombas I have. I want it to be on the DL. But you know what? People are going to know because you'll be smiling. 
Yeah, that's true. And they'll true. be like, oh, she's got she, good That socks. girl looks like she's walking on air. Yeah. Why and is she's that? Got good, she's got good t-shirts all the time. Yeah, they'll know. It's like her underwear is supporting her, but it's breathable and it's like she's wearing nothing at the same time. Amazing. She must be wearing Bombas. Mm-hmm. The comfort geniuses at Bombas make your everyday things your favorite things. Whether it's arch-supporting socks that feel like they're sculpted to your feet, buttery soft t-shirts with a no-itchy tag, underwear, again, that feels like you're walking on air. And yeah. it's, you're supported, but you're wearing nothing. I am obsessed with Bombas. I recently just got a few new pairs of the hipster underwear that's so soft and it's so thin, it will not give you butt sweats. Yes. I guarantee it. And I got another one of my classic favorite shirts that are the softest shirts that I own. And they don't pill when you wash them. So I'm basically just slowly trying to turn my whole wardrobe into Bombas. That's my resolution in 2024. It's my healthiest resolution that I've ever made. Yeah. Bombas has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you get the wrong size or your dog chews up your socks, it's easy to get a free return exchange or replacement. Also, if you have a fitness goal this year, their athletic socks are precision engineered for sweat wicking, impact, cushioning, blister defense. They are the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear. They really are. But if you're more into the coziness of this time of year, try their winter thick socks, their slippers. Once you put them on, you're canceling all of your plans and you're going to get your hygge on. Hygge. Because it's Those so slippers. cozy. 10 out of 10. The best part about Bombas is their mission where one purchased equals one donated. And so far, they've helped donate over 100 million essential clothing items to people facing homelessness. And I love knowing that I'm a very small part of that. Ready to get comfy and give back? Head over to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Woo. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Woo! Bombas, 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 bombas. 2024. 2024. You're the bomb.com. Thank you, Bombas. I got some knee highs. I love them. Oh, cute. Yeah. Katie? Yes, ma'am. It's in the 50s in my apartment because I don't put on the heat because I am cheap. I blow dry my hair a lot because I don't like to sit with it wet anymore. It's ruining my hair. What can I do in the winter? Oh, I got you. If you have not tried pros yet, this is your year for truly unique, customized hair care. Most of you have probably heard us singing the praises of pros and their truly custom made-to-order hair care. Because switching to a custom routine from pros was one of the best things I've ever done for my hair. And the results that I'm seeing keep getting better and better year after year. My hair has been through many hair colors with pros. And because of their one-of-a-kind formula that's made for me, my hair is shinier and also stronger than it was before I started pros. And also, my hair always smells like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the features of pros is that you're able to pick your fragrance, your unique smell, and they have the most wonderful scents. The one I'm using right now is like a jasmine mix, and it's, ugh, it's the best. Pros knows that there's more to you, though, than just your hair type. So if you were bleach damaged like me, there's more to you than that. Don't worry about it. You're not bleached and damaged inside. Well... Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. 
And the quiz walks you through things that you don't even think about affect your hair. Things like your zip code, where you live, your eating habits, how much you exercise. All of these things affect your hair. It's not just if it's curly or straight or thick or thin. And also, what does thin mean? How Mm -hmm. does that strand feel in your fingers? Mm -hmm. These are the questions they ask. I love it. And by analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash. And what I say is every single wash, condition, pre-shampoo, or leave-in condition, or dry shampoo. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which I have to use a lot. It lets you tweak your formulas for any reason. If you're prone to moving states, if you're prone to changing your hair color, or if you want to try a new diet, you can use their review and refine tool and get a new formula formulated for you, which is what I've had to do now that I am a redhead and my hair gets greasier 10 times faster than when I was bleach blonde. Oh, that's interesting. New year, new hair color, new formula. Mm -hmm. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. And all of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. Yes. So if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care that you've had. They will take the products back. No questions asked. Custom made to order hair care from Pros has your name literally all over it. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. So go to pros.com slash date with Dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date with Dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Yay! 2024. So what better time to strike a pros? Pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros, for keeping my hair shiny and strong. You're the best. So Corey thinks that the missing gun is at the jewelry store because they apparently have guns hidden all over that store and everywhere. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not there. Nick says his dad had let him borrow it, but then father... This is when you know. ...wanted the gun back. This is when you know. He's the killer. I took this part into Oliver, who is just trying to relax and eat a sandwich. And I said, (laughs) stop looking at TikToks. I need you to... Oliver looks at TikToks. So many TikToks. What kind of TikToks does he look at? Cats? Yeah, a lot of cats. I'm sure. But then a lot of other stuff too. People hmm. watching stuff and oh, laughing reactions. at it. Oh. So not he's not laughing. He's watching someone else laugh at something. It's like Inception TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can't get into yeah, I gotcha. it. gotcha. Anyways, regardless, I take my phone in and I say, he did it right. I played him <laughs> smart. And he says something else. He didn't even pick up on it. And I said, he says, father, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Father. Twice. I I can't with father. They say, do you know where he put it? And he says, father didn't tell me his intentions with it. Killer. (laughs) That's it. Why do you sound like you're in a 18th century Dickens novel or something? Remember, I mean, he is from Ukraine, but he came here when he was 16 months old. He learned how to speak English in the United States. It's Father like is this a choice. guy on TLC who has 18 children and he 
says the word defecate and he teaches all the children to say defecate instead of poop, defecate and urinate. And I think it's so creepy when you use way for more formal words than are necessary. Oh, you would have hated my house. You would have hated growing up at my house because <laughs> fart was a bad word. So it was passing gas or you don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> so you were to pass gas and that's it. We um, say made a foofy. Foofy's kind of cute, actually. A father is real creepy. And I was pretty sure before and that sealed it. And we're yeah. not that far. No, I knew at the smile and also just they kept mentioning Nick. And I was like, hmm. And you liked Corey. Yeah, and I liked Corey, and they keep mentioning Nick a lot, and then we see him kind of smile at this cop, and I was like, hmm. And then he said, Father, let me borrow it, but then Father wanted it back. And I thought, oh, there we go. He did it. <laughs> Who is your father? Is it John Lisk? Because that is as creepy as this whole thing is. This is real weird. And also his father is Father Ted, which I'm pretty sure is a fairly famous British sitcom. So was oh, it a joke oh. between you two? No. Father Ted. Yeah, that is a British. I think I've seen that one. It's weird. Yeah, also Ted, from everything we know about him, was the most lighthearted, sparkly gentleman who would never have insisted on formality in the home from what we've seen. So it's strange. A detective tells Corey, the killer may be closer than you think. Which is probably that detective was probably not supposed to say that. But the detective wanted to give Corey a heads up. Your son is a murderer. And so at this point, Corey realizes she is a suspect and Nick is a suspect. But she doesn't really realize that she is really not that much of a suspect. It's really Nick that's the suspect. So she is worried that... Hold on. If you were a cop, if you were an investigator in this, would you have asked Corey? So, you know, Nick calls Ted father yeah is that has he always done that i would ask i would, I ask, would ask the yeah. question uh-huh does he call you mother because you know who calls their mother mother paul of paul and carini on 90 day fiance and norman bates and norman bates and most stephen king characters yep so there we go so Corey is worried that she's going to need to close the jewelry shop because the bills are piling up, but she can't collect the insurance because police suspect foul play. And people on Twitter thought it was so suspicious that she was trying to get the life insurance money. And I was like, is she never supposed to get it? What is an appropriate amount of time that is not suspicious? How much time, How much time has to pass? Unclear. Mm. I just don't know what would make people not suspicious. Maybe if you wait like a year. And you pretend that you forgot about it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I do have a million dollars that's sitting there that I should collect. Then people will think that that's not suspicious. I think a month. I think that's plenty of time. Also, a lot but of people. Sometimes you, I bet we're going to say the same thing. For the funeral. For the funeral expenses, a lot of people need that money. 100%. Yeah. So just days after the shooting, Nick and Jackie tell Corey something startling. They had secretly gotten married eight months earlier. Okay. They mother, were just I am 18. betrothed. Mother, mother, I am betrothed to Jacqueline here. That's who else says mother and father. Dwight Schrute. Yes, mother, you, I am mother. engaged. Tell father. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the, is that, that was what Jim's impression of Dwight? Yes. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yes. So 
they got secretly married when they were just 18, and Corey was very surprised. She says that she and Ted, well, Ted especially always really liked Jackie, and Jackie had started to call him dad, but Corey was less sure. She's like, she's taking away my son, and I think they're too young to be this serious. Andrea asks, what kind of couple were they? And she says, well, they bonded over the fact that they both really like shoes and electronics and things. And they like to dream about the future and going on vacation. And I was like, yep. So they like money. So they like money. So Corey decides, I'm going to look at this with a great attitude. My husband just was murdered. I'm going to accept her as my daughter and I am going to welcome her to the family. I'm going to help Nick propose to her, even though they're already married. So she gives him her mother's engagement diamond ring, throws them an engagement party, and she felt like it was a good distraction after the murder. And Corey decides that I'm going to give her a half-carat diamond pendant to welcome her to the family. I wonder if she at any point said, Nick needed it. I know. That's a really old reference. Joey needed it. Jackie needed it. Jackie needed it. That's for our longtime listeners. Jackie was in college, and Nick is studying to be a day trader instead of college, which is like bonds and bears and bulls and beavers and (laughs) such. So Corey was not thrilled with that decision, but she actually at this point really needs their help. She wants to know if... Nick will maybe day trade on the side and help her run the jewelry store because she needs help now that Ted is gone. And maybe Jackie can put school on hold for just a little bit and help her just for the first year. And they both agree to help her run the jewelry store. Don't put Nicholas up front. Don't. (laughs) Don't do that. He'll be like, I'll have to check with mother. She's in the back. Don't do this, Corey. That's not a, no, customers won't like that. So Corey feels like police need to be looking for the real killer. And she feels like they're wasting time looking at her and Nick. And they won't talk to her and tell her about new developments. And she gets very frustrated. So she decides that she and Nick and Jackie are going to do reenactments in the house of what happened that night. People online thought that was very weird. But she really just wants to figure out what happened. She wants to know what that light was because it's really haunting her. And she wants to know like how they got in, where they could be standing when they were shooting. She does she I'm sure it was very confusing. I need and you I'm to sure do you this do with weird Karen. things to cope. I need you to do it with Karen. And not with Jackie and Nick. Yeah. You think. Karen yeah. seems Karen. like she'd be great for this. Karen is what Ellen and Joey would call a DB a down bisque, and she would totally help you. Yeah. Karen was in there in the interrogation room with you. Karen would be so ready to help you try to figure this out. Absolutely. So Jackie helps Corey figure out that it was a cell phone and not an alien that was shining, not a UFO, just to clarify. Right. Or scientists coming for an alien. Right. Meanwhile, detectives find a match to the print on the window. Here we go. And it belongs to an employee of the window company, which is called Renewal by Anderson, which is apparently a very well-known window company that I have never heard of. 
A lot of people have seen their commercials. I had not. It feels like an odd name for a window. If you saw well, Renewal make, by Anderson, would I you Googled think they were it. a chiropractor? No, I would think they make solar panels. Oh, that's good too. But they actually make light, energy efficient windows and such. So, oh, so sort of. You so, do good. All right, great. Yeah. So this employee lives in Minnesota, and to as far as they know, he's never been to Texas. So his print got on the window in the manufacturing of the window and traveled to Texas and stayed on there, and they never had their windows washed or anything that got this print off. How long has that window been on there? My guess is that his print is between two panes. Yeah, that makes sense. So it couldn't come off. And it's not visible. Visible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Nick said he had always used that window to sneak out when he was a teenager, which he still is. And at this point, I realized that the room they keep showing that is painted purplish and has a giant butterfly painting on the wall. A blue butterfly. A blue butterfly is Nick's room. And I believe boys and girls can like whatever colors and whatever decorations they want. That is surprising decor. A giant blue butterfly. Because it was big. It was like yeah. a framed print. You know what I'm saying? Instead of the posters that everyone has, like the Salvador Dali melting clocks or like the doors, there's five or six posters that you get when you're in high school or going into college. Yeah. This is a surprise. I don't know what I was expecting. I thought that was somebody else's room or I thought he didn't live in that room anymore. I mean, boys can like butterflies. It's fine. No, um, it's fine. It's the darkness of the room that is... It's just surprising. But I guess not. No, if you're an angsty teen, I would probably want to paint my room black if I had been allowed. Was it black? The room was just dark, whatever was... the color was. Why was it a butterfly? Does it mean something else? Well, maybe oh, good for him. They mean, they point you towards joy. It means good fortune is on the horizon. You've been noble and honorable. Your efforts are to be rewarded. That's ironic and upsetting. <laughs> Everyone's upset. Don't like that. Okay, go ahead. So someone else had used that window. Nick's friend, Spencer Patterson, who his mom says was his only real friend. Which again, the kid who calls his dad father only has one friend. It's not looking good for Nick. So Spencer had officiated Nick's wedding to Jackie, the secret wedding. They do look like a mismatched pair of friends. Nick and Spencer don't look like they would be friends. I think they're into the same game. I don't know what game it is, but they're into the same one. Yeah. Anyway, Nick tells police, Spencer isn't wealthy like my family is, so he works at his bleep job at Home Depot, and he goes to college, and Brand's unhappy being on Dateline, Home Depot. Yeah. Because apparently they're not paying Spencer enough. Nick tells police that Spencer knew where the safe was at the house. So Nick is throwing his only friend Spencer under the bus. However, Karma drives a big bus and she knows everybody's, everybody's address. address. 
So police go to talk to Spencer and he says he was last at that house about a month ago and they were all hanging out. I think he felt like family there. And sometimes he and Nick would sneak out the window to the barn at night to have beers, which they hadn't done in a while. What's in the barn? What else do they do in the barn? Why do they have a barn? I started to think some other things were going on in the barn. There's definitely other things going on in the barn, but it's nice of him to just say beer for his parents. Oh, no, I just was thinking of something else that was happening in the barn. Witches? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that movie with the goat when it turns into Satan. What's that movie? The witch. I think they're in a barn. Oh, God. Yeah, it's no good. Um, So not making animals demonic in movies. I don't like it. (laughs) Nick tells police about a different gun that he had given to Spencer. This family shares guns like most families share Netflix subscriptions. Yeah. This is crazy. So police go to search Spencer's house and his car and they find the gun, but the ballistics don't match. So that's not the gun. And Spencer's cell phone says that he was at home during the murder. Although Andrea points out and thus reminds all murderers that are watching at home that you should just leave your cell phone if you're going to commit a murder. Don't bring it with you. Yeah. Thank you, Andrea. So police clear Spencer. They don't think he was involved. They turn back to Nick. Why has Nick always been leading them somewhere? It's like they felt he wasn't impressed with the questions they were asking. So he would give them different information like he was trying to lead them somewhere. He told them, my parents are not, they're technologically illiterate. So I handled all of their tech stuff, including their security system. Fair enough, brother. That is my cross to bear in life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then he says things like, so if you want to rule me out and rule Jackie out, you can come and look at our apartment. We have security systems. We have cameras everywhere and they show my entry and my exit and I can view it from my phone and you can see that I armed it at 1230 at night. So this is the night his dad died and he's offering up this alibi before police have asked. So they thought that was strange. They also Mm -hmm. saw him that night running to neighbors, trying to feed out what information they had. And they thought that was very strange. Now, friend Karen, who we love, said, I saw this, but I thought he was just upset. And he's always been kind of high energy. So I felt like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that weird. Mm. So... Police think his behavior that night is very strange. So they ask him to do a gunshot residue test. They ask him to turn around. This is where you thought you'd seen it all. So they ask him to turn around and then they ask him to turn back around. And when he turns back around, he does this fanciful, gleeful little hop in the air Mm -hmm. like he's performing in the Nutcracker. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is very odd. Now, I will say, as Pete, we are trying not to judge people's behaviors in weird times. And I also will say, Amanda Knox's behavior was very strange when her roommate was murdered and she wound up locked up for four years. However, it's her roommate, not her parents. Her, that was her roommate that she didn't know very well. And this is his dad, mm-hmm. his father. It's odd, as Keith would say. Odd. 
it's bizarre. I think the only acceptable thing that you could be jumping over at this point are maybe Katie's cats jumping for smalls. And they do jump. Heather, my sister-in-law, she has now started feeding their cats smalls because I sent her some and they fell in love with it. And she sent me a video of the cats jumping all over for smalls. Oh, no, they get really excited. Smalls yeah. is great because smalls is not only nutritious, but it's incredibly delicious. Here's the facts. In my house, we are cat people and we are proud of it. Probably too proud. If you ask me or Oliver about our cats, you will be bombarded with unwanted pictures. <laughs> But our little fur balls are an important, vital part of our household. So we want them to have the very best. And that means feeding them smalls. Smalls cat food has protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And best part of all, it's delivered right to your door. I spent many a year feeding my cats food that, let's just say, it was not doing for them what smalls does yeah. for them. Giving your kitty smalls is giving your kitty preservative-free, minimally processed food that for my kitties has given them fewer hairballs, better hydration, and softer, shinier coats. And aside from being human grade, it is really delicious. They love it. All of my cats eat it, which is amazing because I have some persnickety cats, you're welcome. They have not tried a flavor from smalls that they do not like or a texture, which is also very surprising because some of my cats have texture issues. Aww. They just have very spoiled cats. So after making the switch to smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. And that's a huge deal. Overall health improvements, 90%. Just from the food? Yeah, that's incredible. The team wow. at Smalls is so confident, in fact, that your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. And trust wow. me, if my cats will eat it, your cat will eat it and they will love it. It's 2024. Are you still feeding your cat kibble? I'm not trying to attack. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> because I was told by several vets that feeding your cats bowls of kibble is basically like you sitting on the couch eating chips all day. Yeah, that makes sense. Think about that. So head to smalls.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout for 50% off your first order. Plus free shipping. Wow. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use our code date dateline for 50% off your first order. So one last time, that's smalls.com slash date dateline promo code date dateline for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Smalls is for the kitties in your life that bring you laughter and cheer. In 2024, make their world a Smalls world after all. Oh, that's cute. I had to really think to remember that's the song. That's really cute. Thank you so much, Smalls, for making delicious, nutritious cat food. Meow. That's Ulysses' chirp. You know that she's in the room. Real weird. She loves Smalls. Katie, sometimes the hardest part of doing something new is just getting started. It's even harder when you're not sure where to start. When yeah. it comes to getting started with investing, acorns can help. And today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Woo. Acorns helps you automatically save and invest for your future. You don't need a lot of money to get started. You can even start investing your spare change with Roundups. 
Roundups. Roundup. The app even gives you access to education and guidance to learn more about investing. You can head to acorns.com slash date dateline to sign up for Acorns to start saving and investing for your future today. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC Acorns, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Thank you, Acorns. Thank you, Acorns. Maybe Nick should have tried Acorns. Smart. Mm-hmm. Nick. Because we're about Nick. to find out what happened to his, quote, Nick lost all his parents' acorns. <laughs> so Nick tells police that he and his mom had had some tension recently because they had loaned him $30,000 to start stock trading. And he was skipping college to try it. Corey was not happy about this, but she figured, you know, it's a... For them, that's not the most amount of money, and it's which is shocking, but it's like we could risk it in the hopes that he'll get bored and want to join Jackie in college and give up this dream that is not going to work out. I can see this in my head. I can if I have the money, yeah. I can see a parent thinking this. So Nick and his mom had had this tension because he was supposed to pay back his parents for this money. And his dad's friend, Tad, also gave him five grand. Why? So Because he thought Nick is this responsible young man who has an instinct for the markets. No. So he trusted him. And so he had $35,000. Wow. But Nick was supposed to be paying people back and working hard at establishing his himself as a day trader. Instead, he and Jackie were shopping. And Corey would see all this new stuff that they had. And she got very frustrated. And she said, that was not the deal. I'm cutting you off. And Nick was not happy because Nick was not, I would think, told no a lot by his parents. He was definitely given everything by his parents. You think so? But he did pay her back. And this how? was in the months before the murder. Somehow he paid her back. We don't know how. So she thought in her mind they were over this fight. They were totally fine now. But police weren't so sure. They look at Nick's finances and he was overdrawn. He was broke. So they have concerns. Then we see that, so now remember that Nick and Jackie are now helping Corey with the family business, the jewelry business, and they're living with her to support her at home. Two months after the murder, Jackie gives Corey a Mother's Day card that says, you're one of the best moms I know. And inside she wrote something about thinking if you hadn't gone around the world to pick some random chubby baby in Ukraine, I wouldn't have met you. I look up to you more than anyone else in my life. And no, I'm not just saying that. Thank you for being the best mother-in-law I could ever wish for. I love you. If Jackie's involved. That's really bad. That's sick. If she's involved, that card and living at the house with her, I can't even comprehend it. So Please. police look at Nick and Jackie's apartment. They have a safe with jewelry, watches, and so many guns and ammo. Texas. Texas. 
including the kind of brand and caliber that matches one of the shells at the scene and six rounds are missing. Mm -hmm. Not the gun, though. They look at Nick and Jackie's phones and they have a surprisingly little amount of data on their phones. Almost like the tech people said they had factory reset their phones at the same time. And it's very suspicious. However, if you delete your messages on your iPhone, it's not deleting them from your other devices. If Nick really was this tech wizard that he claimed to be, he might know that. So on his computer, they find that the messages from his phone have synced up. And he and Jackie have been talking about a dollar amount. They have been texting each other. Mm-mm. Do they want 50K or not? Oof. Then the other one writes back, we can't afford to pay half before. Before what? Mm-hmm. Jackie. Jackie, that card was so nice. I can't believe this. So Nick says to Jackie in a text, if it happens, I, yeah, e cash in hand. What is that? Which is like texting with Joni. I have no idea what that means, but police thought it meant that he should have tax cash in hand just in case and so he asked Jackie to withdraw a thousand dollars from her account and she did in case of what I don't know in case the killer wanted cash I don't know police bring back in Spencer who is his friend hoping to get him to roll and he does he's because Nick was rolling on you Spencer Nick was pointing the blame right at you so Don't have loyalty to him. So Spencer says, yeah, Nick would talk about how much money he would get if his parents died. And at one point, he even asked me to kill his parents. But of course, I said, no, I will officiate your wedding for you, but I will not murder anyone for you. Spencer has boundaries. Does Spencer have any idea why this secret wedding happened? No, and but I would think it has to do with money. Inheritance. Inheritance. Mm -hmm. Maybe something that where criminals think they don't have to testify against their spouse. (gasps) That old thing that people in the movies do. Oh, yeah. Was Jackie pushing this? Spencer said it was Nick. But, well, Spencer doesn't really say. He said Nick mentioned it to him. And Nick is the one who asked him. I'm just going to say, if Nick stands to inherit a lot of money, if something happens to his family... And he and Jackie are married. What if something happens to Nick? Yeah, and run away with Spencer. And then they'll split the money. That would be surprising. I feel like Spencer's telling the truth. I don't like Spencer. I do too. Involved. I just feel like their friendship has a very strange dynamic. It's curious. So Nick said he can access his parents' security system from his phone. Remember how he had told the police that? So they can see when he had accessed their security system, and he had done it the morning of the murder at 5.39 a.m., which is five minutes before he got the call from his mom that something had happened. So remember when he was acting all drowsy? What's going on, mom? What? I just woke up. Oh, my God. He had been up, and he had been checking their security system to see if anything was happening. Liar. Yeah. You weren't so smart now, Nick. If you didn't see that the police could also see that you had done that. He wasn't so smart ever. He's not been smart smart this whole time. He's not a day trader. No, he just thinks he's smart. 
He really does. So Corey hired an attorney to protect Nick. Now, before you get too frustrated with Corey, I really felt like Corey is a family member in denial now, but I really trusted that she would come out of it. I just felt like she would see the truth soon. Agreed. So police look at Nick and Jackie's security footage at their apartment because they have cameras everywhere. And a few days before the murder, two random dudes show up and they go inside the apartment. And also, if you have security cameras everywhere, maybe don't invite the hitman over to your house. Thanks. But he's so smart. But he's so smart. One of the dudes is wearing a shirt that says, Renewal by Anderson. Shock. Which is the same window company. So shock. So, so many things about this dude. One of them, he is a Guy Fieri type that wears his sunglasses on the back of his head and upside down. Secondly... He has not worked for that company in years, but he's still wearing that shirt around. That tracks. That tracks. Also, if you are a potential hitman and there are cameras, don't wear a shirt that could tie you to a company. So they show his picture to people at the company and they recognize him even though he doesn't work there anymore. His name is Cameron Vosmick, and he has no connection to the window company guy in Minnesota whose handprint is on the window. So again, that Minnesota guy is innocent and just very unlucky. And again, companies, brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder twice. Yeah. Renewals by Anderson. That's really unfortunate. Keep my name out your darn mouth, Dateline, is what they are screaming. Sorry, Anderson. So he Mr. says... Mrs. Anderson, whoever, whomever. Whoever, yeah, Anderson. So Mr. Anderson. So Cameron says the other guy with him at the apartment is named Johnny Leon. And Johnny had said to him, I have a lead about a job moving stuff. So they go to see this guy, Nick. And Nick says, I have some people in Austin. Some people, he says. He calls his parents some people mm -hmm. that are costing me 30000 a month. And I need you to take care of them. And Andrea's face is so funny at this point. I don't know if you noticed. Her lips are so pursed, and I've never seen her make this expression. Just the whole situation is very upsetting for her, I think, as a mother. But, like, it's coming out in her facial expressions. Yeah. So Cameron got uncomfortable with the vibe that was happening at Nick's apartment. So he left, and he said, I want no part of this. But Johnny stayed. So the police go to arrest Johnny, and he admits Nick tried to hire him for a murder, but Johnny says he didn't have it in him. I couldn't do it. I'm just a sweetheart. I did go with Nick to Austin because Nick was going to do the murder himself, and he wanted me for the carpool lane, I guess. So they drove up, and Nick goes to the house, but then Nick comes back out to the car and says I couldn't get in, so they drove off. Because the window was locked? No. no. None of the story no. makes sense. And Johnny said that was it. So I did go there once, but I didn't do the murder. But Johnny's phone is in the area the night of the murder. Okay. So they're sure it was Johnny. And on Johnny's phone, right before the murder, he was talking to a friend named Ariane Smith, 
who tells police that he has an alibi for the night of the murder, his girlfriend. But they go to his girlfriend, and he has obviously pissed her off somehow because she is not lying for him. She says, no, I wasn't with him that night. He left me alone in a hotel room, and he took my car, which is maybe why she's mad at him. So she goes farther and says, also, he has a gun on him. He's been carrying around this gun. She hates him. She hates him. And he was so, like, cocky. Like, yeah, I have an alibi. My girl, she'll totally vouch for me. Nope. No, she hates you. So they search his house. They go to his family members. They find the gun. And it matches the ballistics. So Arian had the murder weapon or one of the guns. So they arrest Nick and Jackie. And they arrest Arian and Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. So they have four people now. Nick sends letters to his mom from jail. He asks for books and things, and she sends them to him, and she pays for his attorney because she still thinks this is a huge mistake. Well, who knows what he's telling her? Who exactly? It's your son. So he is in jail for two years waiting for trial or something to happen. His lawyers got all the information that the police have and see the writing on the wall and are like, he should take a plea. So they, the lawyer sits down with her and lays out the whole case. With Corey? This is a hard conversation. That's a hard conversation. And she says, the one thing I don't understand is how did Arian get the gun? And is it Ted's gun that was in that drawer? And they're like, yes, it was the gun, and Nick gave it to him. And then she's like, okay, I I know now. So she she sees this is what happened. And Andrea says, how do you wrap your brain around this? And she says, you don't. Like, you just can't. You can't. So she writes to Nick and says, you owe it to your dad to tell the truth. And so Nick pleads guilty, and he gets 35 years with the possibility of parole. So he will get out and won't be that old. The hitmen also get 35 years. Arian says that what happened was they went there that night and Corey was shooting at them and they weren't expecting her to fire at them. They freaked out and they ran. And so the police are like, her gun training saved her life. I guess in this case, it did. Yes, it did. It did. It did. But just know the risks. Be trained. Be safe. So, and it sounds like Corey was very well trained. And in this case, she it seems that she did not kill him. No, she didn't kill she Ted. She did not kill Ted. Let's go to Jackie. Jackie is our fourth member. And she has not gotten any time. She's crying to the police. She says she loved Ted like a father. When she married Nick, he said... Would you stay with me if I killed someone? Red flag, round up. Say no. Did this happen? I don't know. Okay. Also, they were 18. She says that Nick said to her, my dad is so depressed. I want to unalive him to end his suffering. No. And it'll be too hard for my mom to live without my dad. So I think I should kill her too which is generous, I guess. Jackie says, this doesn't make sense. I've spent time with your family. They're very happy. They're the family I wish that I had. She says she didn't take it seriously. 
And they said, okay, well, what did you know about the money and the hitmen? She says, I didn't know any specifics. The text, you were like bargaining. You were trying to figure out what kind of deal you could get with the hitmen, okay? Mm -hmm. She says, well, I did talk to him about it because I wanted to show him that I was playing his game. I was just playing along with him, but I didn't take it seriously. I did drive with him to Austin a couple times because he was going to do it himself, but I never took it seriously. So I went for the carpool lane and I thought that I could just talk him out of it if he did want to do it, but I didn't take him seriously. I never thought he would do it, but I thought that if he was going to do it, I could talk him out of it if I was there. So that's why I went, but I didn't take it seriously. Thoughts. This is... BS. This is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. This is... This is not good. No. She's lying. Meanwhile, she's getting to live her life. She gets out on bail. She goes to college. She divorces Nick and starts dating other guys. Corey has to see her on social media, smiling, living her best life, and wearing the jewelry that Corey gave her. You need to ask for that back. You need to get all that jewelry back. This is diabolical. This is really bad. So Andrea goes to meet with Nick behind prison glass. Yeah. And I was like, rip him to shreds, mother. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's and go by time. the way, I'm not going to do mother again. It feels really creepy. I don't like it. Because of father. Because of father. So he says, I'm here to clarify some of the misconceptions out there and correct some of the narrative he does say his parents were great. He had a charm childhood. He had everything he ever wanted to. A perfect life, really. In his teens, though, he was searching for an identity. He had blown through the 30 grand. He didn't know what to do with his life. And he and Jackie just started talking. It always starts with just talking about how he was the sole heir to his parents' fortune. And if something happened to them, he would get it all. And then it kind of went from being passively talked about to how are we going to kill them? That's the transition that always happens that is mind-blowing to me. Just greedy. Just yeah. greed. Yes. But how do you, who makes that first from like, we're just talking in hypotheticals to like actually making a plan? When does that shift happen? So- yeah. I guess if you just keep moving the bar further and further, then you just, it's very slippery slope. As you get more and more desperate for money. So yeah. as you get, oh, we can't eat at this restaurant tonight. Mm -hmm. I really feel like mussels, you know, mm -hmm. and she wants to go and get <laughs> seafood. Yeah. But mussels are kind of pricey when it becomes that your budget is more like Taco Ramen. Bell yeah. and not the Muscles restaurant. That's yeah. when this conversation Boy, if my takes parents weren't around, we could get Muscles. We could get Muscles 20 times a month. Right. So he says, talking about this was sad because it's my family, but I also wanted to start a new life and a new identity. That's weird. That's weird, Nick. You want to start over at 19, and so you fake your own death and move to... Sweden, like Nicholas Aliverdian. Is this about the butterfly? There is are this... other ways to start over. I, yeah, are you a cocoon? Is, you were... Yeah, is this renewal? Is this Anderson renewals? Is this what? Is this what's happening? Is this Kafka esque? It's the it's metamorphosis. metamorphosis. So he says, "I was seeking validation from Jackie." 
So Jackie was like pushing him. Yeah. And Andrea just says, look, I'm trying to understand what's going on in your brain. Is there a chip missing or were you born evil? What's happening here? Andrea. She's going in. Yeah, she is. She's a mom and she's like, I don't want to think that teens just suddenly kill their parents because they want to start a new identity because I don't want my kids to suddenly do that. So I don't want, I need to know if something's wrong with you and that's why this happened. And what are the warning signs? Explain exactly how you were when you grew up. Do you know how the warning signs present in girls? Because I have mostly girls. That's what she's saying. So he says, I don't know. Maybe there is a chip missing. I It happened and I can't justify it. I don't know. And he says, we did have some doubts about actually going through with it. But anytime I had doubts, they were outweighed by Jackie's confidence. And we would sort of take turns hyping each other up. Like, we can do this. Oh, it's the match and the oil. Ja- yes, it is. It's a match and the oil. He says Jackie was very involved with the planning. She's totally downplaying her part in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. He needs to testify against her. Why is there yeah. no... How has that not happened? So he said it was eating him up, living with his mom and seeing her pain. And I'm like, it should. Because if you're... You are a true sociopath if you felt nothing while living in that house and writing her cards about you're the best mom in the world, Jackie. He says it was eating him up and Andrea says the saddest part is your mom wanted a baby more than anything and they went and they got you and they gave you a beautiful life and this is how you repay them. You had things that most people don't have and correct. this is how you paid them back and he says it's my most deepest regret if i could trade places with my father i would he doesn't say father he says my father i would and he misses his dad a lot he misses him getting on my a and i guess he was hard on him and joking around that feels like a that feels like a dig and i don't like yeah it does yeah and joking around with me so he misses his dad and he's showing a little emotion like at some points it looks like he might cry but it's hard to tell. He's showing emotion, but it's hard when someone does something like this and they say, it's my biggest regret. I mean, no duh. Of course, yeah. it's your biggest regret. But is there something yeah. beyond regret? Is there a word right. like maybe right. in another language that can be right. used that's like my biggest despair? I don't yeah. know what to say, but this isn't just like a regret or a mistake. Yeah. This is not that. Mm hmm. Also, I know he's been in prison now for a while, so prison makes you kind of have to act tougher and not show your emotions as much. So I always wonder about these interviews. Good thought. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jackie's case is moving very slowly. And in June, she pleads to a lesser charge. Get ready for the flames on the side of your face. No. Attempted conspiracy to commit murder. And she gets something called deferred adjudication, which means you can plead to something but be put on probation and not actually be convicted of something. So she gets 102 days in jail, which she's already served, and 10 years probation. And for every year on the anniversary of Ted's death, she goes to jail for two days. Deferred bullsh adjudication. Is there something called total adjudication or complete Adjudicate where you're like completely in jail for a long time. It's sickening. 
the other three people get got 32 years. This is really messed up. It's so messed up. And the DA's office kind of tries to defend themselves and says, well, she provided helpful information. She lied to you. She lied to you so hard. And the investigation reduced her culpability. So she's not actually, no, we saw the text messages. You could have stopped this. You could have stopped this at any time. Put her in jail. Give her the same as everyone else. 35 years with possible parole. Give her the same. All four of them, the same. Corey is pissed, and she should be. Andrea's furious. I'm furious. We are all should be furious. We're furious. And we're not saying Nick deserves any bet. Like, Nick, they all deserve bad, and Jackie deserves it too. This is going to be the sentence, then they all deserve it. It's not even the sentence that I would want, because they're probably all going to be out in 10 years. Yeah. But honestly... She should have this sentence as well. Because this sounds like just more work for the prison to put her in and then check her out (laughs) for two days. So the thing is, that's going to go away. They're going to be like, this is more trouble than it's worth. And that's going to go away. That's going to stop. Yeah, everyone. Corey reads a victim statement at Jackie's sentencing that says, we opened our home and our heart to you and you and Nicholas took everything from us. How long will it be for you to find another family to destroy? How long will it be for Bonnie to find her next Clyde? You are a monster. You are evil and everyone needs to know it. Drop the mic, Corey. Brilliant. Good job. So Nick has not spoken to his mom. He wishes that he could apologize to her for being so selfish. But she is not talking to him. Good. She has written letters to him, but she never mails them. And she feels like I always will love the child that I had, but I hate the person that he is now. And you know what? I wish I could talk to his dad, but I can't. Because you killed him. So now Nick doesn't get to talk to me. And I was supposed to be dead and ghosts don't talk. The end of this episode. Yeah. Andrea and her conversation. When Andrea yeah, tears up. Sweet. Yeah. It got me a little bit. It was yeah. really a precious moment. And she says like they do this sort of thing about the small things the whole way about don't take for granted. Make sure you say I love you before you go to bed and all of mm-hmm. that. It was sort of a theme at the beginning and it was a theme at the end. And Andrea does a good job with that. But it was really sweet. And you could see Andrea was really touched by Corey. So mm-hmm. everyone who was anti or thought that Corey was involved, again, look at Andrea's reaction to Corey. Great point. This is huge. And if you trust Dateline and if you trust Andrea Canning, yeah, there you have it, folks. Stop mm-hmm. it. I hope Andrea gets up and says something to the people. She should. Yeah. But we will do it in her stead. Yes, we will. So two people that we're not mad at that we don't have to defend because they've done nothing wrong, neither has Corey, are Lisa S. and Lisa D. Two Lisas. Lisa Lisa. Lisa Lisa. I was going to say Lisa. Oh, my gosh. What is Lisa Lisa saying? Lisa Lisa and the cult jam all cried out. I'm all cried out. I feel like it goes like that. And there's another one that I know. Can you feel the beat? Can you feel the beat inside my heart? Do they sing head to toe? No, no. Yeah, they do. Ooh, baby, I think I love you. From head to toe. Yep. I only know Lisa Lisa and the cult jam from I Heart the 80s on VH1. 
And I know I Lisa Lisa from Drag Race. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> but now we know this Lisa and Lisa. D and S. Who have helped us what? Have helped our podcast keep the lights on and the mics on. And we love you. Head to toe. To toe. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa's. Also, before we jump into B-Roll Bonanza, we did have a bingo winner this week. Hey, Leah Rodriguez. <laughs> Good job. Good job. You can find our bingo cards on a datewithdateline.com and let us know if you win. B-Roll Bonanza. Yes, we have friend Karen featuring the ring that she went in to purchase when she first met Ted and Corey. And yeah, she was amazing. looking for a specific pearl, which made me think of pearl parties, which mm-hmm. made me think of that episode we did with Melissa and Kim on our Patreon like five years ago. And when we talked about pearl parties and how much fun that was. I love pearl parties. This pearl, though, was amazing. It was like a green tint. Definitely not from a pearl party. No. Rare, beautiful, and a beautiful setting. It was a gorgeous ring. We see the two police officers riding in their car, and the one mm-hmm. in the passenger seat is on his laptop. And I was just hoping he won't get car sick. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, we also see an actual home video of Ted and Tad, two friends. That was really cool. I like seeing the actual home video. There's one of Ted cooking a flambe of sorts and almost burning the house down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't show that to Joni. She'll burn the retirement community down. No. And the only thing she should be burning the retirement community down with is her dance moves. There we go. Lots of close-ups of lanterns and stone walls in the neighborhood. Yes. You didn't go into it, but we do have a forensic scientist duo in this named Matt and Casey. Matt and Casey are an interesting pair. Could not be more different. Could not be more different. I was almost shipping them. Yeah, me too. Because like opposites attract. Best friends. Maybe just best friends. They seem to yeah. like each other. They seem yeah. to like get along. I, I yeah. was very into them as a duo. But are they in an empty open house doing science? Yeah, maybe. It looked like an empty living room because we had sort of an arced window with what appeared to be the slat blinds, the wooden blinds. Oh, yeah. Are they in an open house? Yeah. They just, it, that's what Dateline does now when they can't afford a location space. They just drive down the street and if they see an open house, they're like, it's either going to be empty or they're staged furniture. We've got 20 minutes. Let's go, go, Let's go, go film go. something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tip the realtor that is there 20 bucks. I would do that if I was a realtor. I'd let Dateline come in and shoot. Totally. If you are in student movies or like in film school, you do stuff like that to get the shot and you just go pay off whoever you can. Could I just get, can we use this? this, Like it looks so nice for the background. We'll be really quick. Correct. But then you need to be really quick. And very respectful because they're trying to sell this house. You don't want to ruin it. Yeah, correct. Good tip. There's a photo of Nick and Jackie, and he has an iguana on his shoulder Mm -hmm. or a very small lizard, but they appear to be at like a country club nice party. So I didn't know. In Barbados? Does he always have that with him? Are they in Barbados? Maybe. Okay, fashion police. The white party, which is what I refer to as the all-white prison getup. I haven't seen that before (laughs) that he's in. He's in. Do you see he's in all-white, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's wearing stripes. How are they doing that in a prison? Seems like they would be very dirty and stained. But maybe you can't hide anything? Oh, interesting. 
I mean, it's better than orange. I feel like my head would hurt. But I feel like also if you have any kind of like skin eczema, they're bleaching the prison whites like no tomorrow. Good luck. Yeah. Can I ask a question? What's worse, daddy or father? (laughs) You might want to do a poll. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a poll. Father feels worse to me. I'm going to say father feels worse. When I saw father in this episode, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Were there brands on Happy Being on Dateline? Anderson Renewal. Yeah, Ren- Renewal by Anderson and Home Depot. Karen has sassy blue glasses yeah. and purple hair. And then at one point, she has blue yeah. striped hair. Too. She's changing it up. I like Karen. Yeah, it was like hard Karen. to keep, so she probably has to diet every mm. week. Yeah, She needs that pros. But she is great. I really like Karen. Yeah, she's a good friend mm-hmm. to Corey. All right, let's go. I don't titles. like my titles. I'm not oh, sure actually, about mine. Eh. What'd you get? Seeing the light. Well, because she finally saw the light that it was, but also that big light. She got to see what that light. Oh, that was good. Good. Diamond in the rough. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the one I like. When God opens a window, the sorry. No, wait. Let me start over. When God opens a door, the devil opens a window. Oh, that's high five. That was good. Thank you. I like that one a lot. Um, I have father figure. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, father. I have really, really sinned. <laughs> Ted talks from the grave. Oh, the gunshot residue hop, and then the missing chip on the shoulder of this only child. That's what I. There wrote. we go. I was really grumpy, <laughs> but I also like my one that I added during the episode, which is a Corey belief, because we here at a date with Dateline believe that Corey had no involvement in this Twitter. Thank you. I also wrote, don't jump to conclusions. That's good. Except this time. (laughs) Yeah, except this time. Father's really the giveaway. But yeah, that hop. There's something about that hop. Don't, I know, I know we're not supposed to judge, but look it. I defy someone to watch that and be like, he's not involved. I watched it so many times because I couldn't believe that the photographer, the like crime scene photographer and the cop that he was talking to didn't do these huge double takes and then look at each other and then call over the other cops. Mm -hmm. Like I, they didn't even react. If I saw that right outside the crime scene, I'd be like, oh my God, this is going to be on Dateline someday. I think the cops are just trained to not react. Yeah. I should go do some cop training. <laughs> I think that would just help me in my day-to-day life. I like it. I like it So could I, because you always say whenever you're like, look over, don't look over there, but look, but don't look. And then I always do like a, oh, what? <laughs> so you always say I overlook. You so do. I need you're to do like You're not the most subtle. Yeah. Yeah, neither is Oliver. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Follow us on social media. Check out our Patreon where we do bonus episodes and lots of fun stuff. Um, We're going to be at CrimeCon in Nashville in May. So use our code DATE and you get a discount and it really helps us out as well. So appreciate anyone who's used our code. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Follow us. Share the podcast with a friend. Tell a friend or steal their phones and subscribe for them because it's not a crime if you're helping us out. And that's what I believe. (laughs) Mic drop. Yeah, get out of here. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, so much. And remember to tell the people you love you love them tonight. And don't let this episode turn you off of adopting. Yeah, there's a bunch of things. It's still great. Enjoy the small (laughs) things and adopt! Exclamation point. Don't shop. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, Also, if you're one of our Florida friends or listeners, do frozen lizards fall out of the trees? What? Let me know. What? Do the do the iguanas freeze and then fall out of trees? Is that who told you that? I saw it on the internet. Oh my god, that's so sad. No, they're they're not dead. They're just cold. They're not dead. What? They're cold blooded. Frozen. They're not dead. You see them like warm up and they are alive. They're fine. But what's going on? Is that a real thing? I need someone to know. I need to know is if it I'm like being pumped. fainting fainting goats. The fainting goats is I love it so much. Although I don't like it when people scare them on purpose. If they're naturally no, that's scared, mean. that's fine. But don't make a loud noise or something and scare no. them. Yeah, I need to know about the, the frozen iguanas. Interesting. I think I'm being punked. <laughs>